Aaron Harrington is the chair of the bargaining committee for the Oregon Nurses Association, representing over 900 nurses at St. Charles Medical Center in Bend, Oregon. John Nangle is also a member of the bargaining team for the union. They are joining me on the phone today, April 13, 2023, as bargaining for their union contract continues. St. Charles nurses have had union representation for over 40 years. Their last contract expired at the end of 2022. They are organizing an informational picket on April 24th and are urging community members to join them. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Aaron Harrington and John Nangle, welcome to the Radical Songbook. Thank you, Michael, for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. I really uh, appreciate that you've been able to take the time from bargaining to do this. So I'd like to start with some personal background. Could you each, uh, either one of you start first, can you each just tell our listeners a little about about yourself, how long you've worked at St. Charles, how long you've been nurses, and and why you've decided to take on leadership roles in your union? So I'll start. My name is Erin Harrington. I've been a nurse for over seven years. Um, I've worked at St. Charles for a little bit over five years now, um, primarily in the ICU department, but I am um, cross-trained in numerous areas, including the emergency room, the PACU, and a lot of our medical floors. Um, And my background in nursing has pretty much been ICU um, most of my career. I got voted in um, to leadership role with ONA Um, I did throw my name in the hat after the last contract negotiations. Um, I was hired on kind of right after we started bargaining the last contract, and I have always been pretty passionate about um, the working conditions that, you know, are at the hospital, and that's why I wanted to be part of it. Are there any other union members in your family or history? My dad was part of the um, union for grocery workers, um, actually his entire career. Yeah, that'd be the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. John? Yeah, I've been a nurse for over 25 years, and I've spent um, about 22 years here at St. Charles. Um, I've done a lot of my nursing and critical care and emergency services. Um, I've bargained, been directly involved in bargaining um, every contract here since 2004. Um, so well um, established with dealing with St. Charles, um, one of the largest employers here, and um, do a lot of work with um, ONA locally and have been on the board of ONA in the past. Um, so just a lot of um, involvement uh, means a lot to me to um you know, sort of fight for um, working conditions, not just for nurses, but for all the employees at St. Charles, because it's a big team there that takes care of the community. So um, I I really enjoy doing that. And any any union members in your family history? We don't. No, I'm the only union member. Uh, And I don't really know when bargaining actually started, but if you can give me a background, some background on how how long you've actually been bargaining and essentially, you know, how's it going? So we were um, starting negotiations in December, and we had a couple of dates um, in that month. Um, ultimately, the hospital did not come to the table for those dates because, you know, of location reasons. But we, we did start 
bargaining in December. We were working on proposals right away. Um, we had emailed them our first proposal from the dates that we should have been at the bargaining table together. Um, and then we've met a couple of times in January and February. We were scheduled to bargain today, um, but I think on Monday or Tuesday this week, the hospital notified us that they would be canceling negotiations this week because somebody's sick. Um, so we've lost two bargaining dates this, this month here. We have some dates scheduled at the end of the month and some dates scheduled in May. Um, we recently had a picket vote with our bargaining unit, and we had a 99.8% of the bargaining uh, vote support the picket that we're about to do. We had a huge turnout of voters. Over 90% of our bargaining unit voted, and 99.8% voted yes to, to do our informational picket. So it doesn't sound to me like you've had that many actual bargaining sessions. We've had twelve sessions. Yeah, twelve sessions. So we've had a we've had a good amount of sessions. I think to really get an understanding both teams of what's important. So I would say that we are pretty far along in bargaining at this point. And. And what are what are your basic proposals that you're you're uh, you're bringing to the bargaining table, and and um, what kind of progress are you making on those proposals? So the the prime objective that we have with negotiations is stabilizing the nurse workforce, and um, the model that we're using to help stabilize the workforce is to recruit, retain and respect nurses. Um, we need to assure, in, in order to recruit and retain, we need to assure that the nurses can afford to live where they work. We need to assure that the nurse staffing is always at a safe level and that nurses are not forced to take too many patients at one time. We need to assure that our nurses are getting their legally mandated rest and lunch breaks. And we need to assure the workforce that they are protected in the event that St. Charles sells the organization. And um, our, our main focus is stabilizing our staffing so that we have a safe place for the people of the Central Oregon community to receive care. And in terms of what you just spoke about, nurses have been forced to miss tens of thousands of breaks and lunches during the last year because of staff shortages, right? That's correct. In 2022 alone, um, the St. Charles nurses were denied over 45,000 breaks and lunches, which is an average of 123 per day. And there's a lot of overtime? Yeah, our nurses on average, or not on average, in 2022, there was approximately 150,000 hours of overtime worked by our bargaining unit. And that is still not necessarily meaning that that's the amount of overtime that was required to fill all of the needed shifts. That is just the amount of time that we um, spent working overtime. And and I'm I assume that that an overtime that pay for an overtime hour is more than regular pay. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. So the hospital's spending a lot of money on overtime. 
Yeah, but in far more excess in overtime, they're spending a lot more money on travel nurses because we are also dependent on travel nursing to fill our over about 300 nursing vacancies. Um, St. Charles had paid approximately $61 million to out-of-state travel nurses in 2022. That's an amazing number to me. It is just as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the travel issue is, um, it's complex. Um, we certainly, as Aaron had alluded to, the most important thing to do for the community is to make sure that we have positioned nurses, nurses that live here and work here. Um, but if we don't have that, we have to have travelers to fill that gap or the hospital is um, unable to take care of the patients. So, you know, that is sort of the central um, reason and central premise of how we are going about bargaining is that we want them to use travelers only in the event that they can't afford to pay the nurses to be here. So, um, yeah, that $61 million is just money siphoned from our community. It could very well be spent towards um, recruiting and retaining the nurses that um, we need. Part of your proposals do include um, increases in, in salary and, and, and benefits, is that correct? Yes, we do feel that in order to recruit for approximately 300 nurses, we, we have a couple of different groups that we're looking towards. We are looking at getting the nurses back to the bedside that have left, and we're also looking at nurses that are not in the community. St. Charles has had a terrible record um, with having lost about 550 nurses since 2018. That represents approximately a 60% um, turnover in our workforce. And, um, you know, the cost of losing a nurse puts a burden on us being able to replace a nurse. And not investing in our workforce is leading them to have to invest in people that are not part of our community. The the hard thing with the travel population is that that is a Band-Aid. It's not uh, replacing somebody that's going to be with the organization long term. And in order to stabilize the workforce, we need people that are going to be here for a while. We can't have, you know, one-year or 13-week nurses. We need, you know, nurses who are going to be here for a few years, if not more than that. The union is concerned about St. Charles violating some of these staffing agreements and and, uh, and even state law. Can you uh, talk a bit about that? Yeah, certainly. So the violations that we're having are on our legally mandated breaks and lunches. We also um, have staffing plans that we develop in partnership with the hospital that we are not following. Um, we are currently working um, with ONA on House Bill 2697, um, which is a House bill that is a patient and community safety bill that would establish first-in-the-nation nurse-to-patient ratios in a statute. It would allow our staffing committee at the hospital to go above and beyond the laws and set appropriate standards for our facility. It would give a voice to all the members of the caregiver team to set a staffing standard for their work, dramatically increase the enforcement mechanisms that we need to hold the hospital accountable to, 
um, with regards to breaks and lunches, with regards to appropriate number of nurses on the unit to take care of the certain amount of patients on the unit? The hospital doesn't have enough nurses. We have 300, somewhere between 300 and 330 open nursing positions currently. And so um, that means that we are short-staffed every single day on many units. Not on all of them, but on many of them. Many of the units that um, the public is more exposed to in a sense that, like in the emergency department, on the ortho-neuro floor, on the post-surgical floor, on the medical floor, these units are drastically understaffed. And so the hospital, even though there's an agreement on um, what the staffing should be that day, the hospital is forcing nurses to take more patients because they don't have the staff. That is illegal, um, and we file complaints with the Oregon Health Authority, but unfortunately the staffing law that we have right now does not really penalize the hospital. So this um, new house bill that Aaron alluded to, 2697, is going to upgrade our current staffing law to give it actual teeth. Um, so when the hospital does violate the staffing plan, then it's not going to impact the community like it is now. They're going to be penalized for it, and they're going to be um, not wanting to do that anymore. As it is now, they are okay allowing the community to not have as good a care, and they're okay um, doing that to the nurses, but um, we're hoping that if House Bill passes, um, that would change the um, dynamic for us a little bit. So can you talk a bit about sort of the, the, the human impact of all of this in terms of patient care and, and, and the impact on, on our community that's so dependent on, on St. Charles? Absolutely. When we can't recruit and retain nurses, the patient suffers, the community suffers, um, right now, the community is having a lot longer wait times, a lot longer hospital stays, and the wait times that we're experiencing is a delay in the emergency room. Now, let's say you get into the emergency room and you get to go home, okay, well, maybe you wait a long time. Well, now the factor is you get into the emergency room and you need to be admitted to the hospital. Now you're having to wait in the emergency room to get a hospital bed. We have a delay in patients getting their surgeries. Um, most recently, in the last few weeks, we're starting to cancel surgeries because there's nowhere for the patient to recover. Um, so that's something new that the patient is, or the community is having to um, tolerate. We are having patients that are going to ultimately end up getting more infections, more injuries, medications delayed, you know, hygiene delayed because there's not enough staff to perform the duties. Um, that leads patients to be more likely to be readmitted to the hospital. It increases um, the potential that they may die in the hospital. And ultimately, the longer that we're here, understaffed nursing units puts a burden on the nurse, and it increases that burnout, the moral injury, and it is devastating to our efforts of recruiting and ret retaining nurses because it's a cycle of burnout. So this scenario St. Charles has created in this community it's been in the making since 2015, and the community simply cannot afford for them to continue gutting our workforce. I think about the team that we have at the bedside. We have fantastic nurses. We've got great doctors. And if we could simply get the organization to put attention on recruiting and retaining, we could have a phenomenal health system for our community. 
in recent days, there have been some, I don't know if I would want to call them confrontations with management, but there have been, there was a, I know that you had a, a, an event where you, there were some nurses congregated at the hospital and photos, of, photos were being taken by, by administrators or management people. How are those kind of things impacting the morale of of the nurses at St. Charles? And and I guess what generally, what is the mood among the nurses right now? Yeah, we did have an event where we, like we said, we've had quite a few bargaining sessions, and we were getting frustrated um, that the hospital really wasn't taking the recruiting retainment message that we have seriously. And so we wrote a um, very respectful letter to um, the CEO, the board of directors, and one of our, and one of the, and the COOO, the COO, and just outlining our priorities and how important it was, and sort of the things that we've just talked about on your podcast here, how it's impacting the community. And we had our bargaining unit members sign on to that letter. So we had, you know, 700, over 750 signatures on that letter. And we were going to hand deliver that letter to um, the CEO. We had just gathered outside the hospital. There were probably about 100 nurses that attended that event. And we um, peacefully and absolutely quietly walked into the hospital. And we went in towards the um, administrative building or um, office. And we were barred from entering. And security was called. So they called security on us, and we delivered our letter nonetheless. Um, Aaron was the only one that spoke. It was quiet as a mouse otherwise in there, and we left. And the nurses felt so disrespected. The door was closed on us in this sort of open-door policy. They didn't want to hear from us. They called security on us. So that was really disrespectful and for the hospital to do that really hurt the nurses. It has just um, made people more frustrated than they, they have been as this frustration has been building for many years here. And I think it just sort of was just another thing, like they just don't seem to respect the nurses. And you had mentioned that um, there was some surveillance as we were um, outside and Aaron was sort of leading um, our discussion and, and giving us um, direction on what to do um, as we as we did the action. Several managers were spotted um, hiding behind a post and then they came walking through real quickly with their phones down by their waists as they were, we believe they were taking pictures and videotaping us. Um, and that is where um, the unfair labor practice um, was filed for um, those types of intimidation reasons um, as they were trying to um, under, you know, see who was at the rally. Um, and that's an intimidation for employees um, to do that and be um, potentially singled out as somebody doing un protected union activity. It's a tried and true method that management uses in union struggles to yeah like you say to to intimidate and and uh and and sometimes frighten uh members of the of the workforce so um you you said that 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 things have been not been going well for a number of years has it always been this challenging to to get a a fair contract out of St. Charles in bargaining 
I would say it has. Uh, like I said, I've been bargaining here for many years. I think this is probably, I think our situation here has changed so dramatically in the past, since about 2015. Um, we've just been losing nurses um, ever since then, and it really has ramped up since about 2018. As Aaron mentioned, we've lost 550 nurses since 2018. That's 60% of our workforce. Um, and throughout this whole time, you know, COCC has had a nursing program here, and we train those nurses in Bend. Bend never hired a single nurse, new grad nurse, until last summer. So we have lost decades of new grad nurses that could have been homegrown, trained here, um, and it's just, you know, that type of um, philosophy that St. Charles has had for years that they, that they would never experience a nursing shortage, so they never really planned for one. Um, and even though those were topics that we've discussed year after year after year, it has now gotten to this critical point now where St. Charles is spending $61 million on travelers, that they don't want to raise um, standards for the nurses, and we need a market adjustment to recruit folks here. Now that we are finally starting to hire new grads, um, we are not setting them up for success. Um, new grads hit the floor on units that are severely understaffed. There's barely any mentoring and, and teaching there because the turnover is so rapid that if you have a trainer, you have a preceptor, they may be gone within a few weeks. Um, the new grad nurses um, are not getting the support that they need to be successful. And in the event that they do stay with us, um, you know, I don't think that they're going to be getting the same type of first-year experience that a nurse would be at a hospital that has a more robust plan to um, ingrain them in, in how to do their job effectively. Um, I think that they're missing a lot of opportunities for learning, and I don't think that they will make it very long. Um, you know, not very long ago, I was working up on one of our medical floors, and um, the nurse that came in to the patient's room that I was in said, hey, I need help learning how to do this because I don't know how to do this. And can you also show my student, because I've only been by myself as a nurse for a couple of weeks, but now I'm already teaching a student. And, and that's a really, you know, hard way to start your nursing career, um, to have a lack of confidence in um, what you need to be doing at work and then also be responsible for training somebody else. That's part of the moral injury that we've kind of been referencing. Is there's, there's a lot of things that are leading to moral injury right now at St. Charles. That's certainly one of them. Being so busy um, at work and having so much responsibility under you. You have maybe, you know, one or two extra patients than you should. Maybe there's no CNA on your unit that day, so you don't have any support staff. And you as a nurse, and maybe you as a, a brand new nurse, are having to make a decision about what care you're not going to do that day because you don't have the resources or the time to do it. And these are all just burnout that, you know, having to make a choice about who I'm going to spend my energy on is not an easy choice. You know, and the community does see this. You know, you do have patients that are wondering why is it taking so long for the nurse to get here, and, and it's not that the nurse doesn't want to. Sometimes they simply can't under the, the conditions, and that is provided being like fuel to this fire of burnout and moral injury for our nurses. 
I've been looking at, you know, how many nurses we have in our bargaining unit. Since October to now, we have only net gained four nurses, despite however many nurses we may have hired in that time, an equal amount of them are leaving. We are not being successful at getting staff in the hospital. I may be able to hire 20 nurses, but that doesn't do me any good if 20 quit. And, and to have a net gain of only four nurses since October, we are never going to fill our vacancies at this rate. We have got to do something different here, and that's why we are focusing all of this effort on our, our proposals, why we're doing the informational picket. You know, and at this point, we just, we don't have enough nurses, and what St. Charles is doing right now for that is we're boarding patients in places that they don't belong. Patients are staying in the emergency room when they should be in a hospital bed. Patients are recovering from their surgery in the post-operating area, but they should be going to a hospital bed, and instead they're staying in a post-OR care, and that's not appropriate. We're getting very, very worried. Um, we're kind of getting into a new level of um, something at the hospital. As we have all these vacancies, and the hospital is not wanting to spend the money on the travelers because they're too expensive, and so now they are not um, they're not um, hiring as many travelers, which means they literally are short staffing themselves more than they already are. And so now they're in a position of blocking beds off, meaning if you have, I'll just throw out an example, maybe you have 40 beds on a unit. They're going to just block 10 of those beds and not even try and staff them. So now you've got the hospital unit has shrunk down to 30 beds. And what that means is now you have to reduce your procedures and you have to cancel some of those procedures. You have to cancel surgeries. And so voluntarily the hospital is short bedding themselves, short staffing themselves, and now in my mind restricting access to our community healthcare because they're literally canceling pe people's surgeries that have already been on the books. We had a patient um, that reached out to KTVZ last week um, apparently um, had a um, cancellation on their surgery. And so they reached out to the news, and that was uh, a printed article in KTBZ last week. So this is a real crisis for this community um, with the decision-making and mindset of the hospital right now. So I think that's really important to get out there. This is really starting to come out into the community and impacting the care that St. Charles is delivering. Which I think leads us into the, the informational picket on April 24th. How can the community help out on that? So ultimately, we are, we put it to a vote to our bargaining unit to do this picket. They are overwhelmingly supporting it. We're looking at the data. We're looking at the, the work environment right now with bed closures, with canceled procedures. And we're looking at the proposals coming across the table from the hospital. And it is very clear that the hospital has no intention of making any significant changes to change what's happening in the hospital. So we are hoping that going out on the street, sharing our story with the community, and hopefully having the community at our side on the, the picket line 
will demonstrate to the hospital that if you're not going to listen to the nurses at the bargaining table, maybe you will listen to your community. And because of that, you know, we do want to openly invite the entire community to join us on the picket line um, April 24th between 3.30 and 7.30. You know, clearly any amount of time anybody here can spend with us is going to be very appreciated. The hospital is not taking um, us seriously, um, and, and we need something to change because our community just demands it. It's that what's happening is not okay. Will you be providing signs for community members to carry if, when they're at the informational picket? Yeah, we have made um, hundreds of pickets already, um, and then people are certainly invited to bring their own. Um, we are also going to have some table stations available for them to create their own unique picket if that's what they would like to do um, on site that day. So listeners, uh, it's really up to you to stand with the nurses at St. Charles. You have a four-hour window. You don't have to be there all four hours. Please come out and support our nurses. The vote that you took was for an informational picket, and just so listeners do understand, that's not the same as a uh, strike vote, correct? Correct. So for this event, this is not a walk off the job. Um, the people that are going to be there participating are going to be there on their own time. The hospital will still have its scheduled nursing staff for the day. Um, and that's really why we, we need the community support is that not all of the nurses are going to be available to stand up for what we're fighting for that day. And there is a possibility down the road, I suppose, that uh, if things don't improve in bargaining, that you may feel compelled to take a strike vote, right? Correct. And just so our listeners understand, a strike vote is a preliminary thing. It doesn't mean that they're, that, that workers are going out right away, but it's basically, it's a vote that, that union members take to, to show engaged support for the possibility of a strike farther down the road. I assume that none of you want to strike, right? Absolutely not. Um, you know, that is uh, sort of the last resort. And like you said, we do, um, the way that plays out is, you know, a strike vote just authorizes the union to be able to do that. Sometimes that's enough pressure for an organization like St. Charles to go, okay, these guys are serious. You know, it has been our experience that St. Charles will push the nurses often to the limit just to um, and before they make any movements. There's a little bit of how the bargaining goes with this organization. So the informational picket line is it's actually is it, it's are people are congregating at the corner of Neff Road and Twenty Seventh Street. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So listeners, you need to know that there's a a, a lot of uh, construction on Purcell. Uh, at Purcell and Neff Roads. 27th would be the best access um, to get to our picket that day. I always like to ask my guests if there's anything uh, that I didn't ask you, that I should have asked you, that you want to talk about, or if there's anything else that you want to tell our listeners. You know, without significant change, we're not, we don't feel like we can safely staff the hospital. Um, and so we're speaking uh, because we know that when St. Charles fails to recruit and retain and respect the nurses, you know, the patients in our community are going to suffer through longer waits, like we said, through longer hospital stays, higher costs, more infections, um, potentially more injuries, more readmissions. 
So we are reaching out to the community. We take care of you and we take that seriously and we're asking you to come out and help us and support us right now. We are reaching out to you, the community. We need, we need your help. What John just said really hits home with me is that we, we're really looking for the community um, to help us with this because we want to be able to continue the, the high, deliver high quality patient care that everybody here deserves. So, Aaron Harrington and John Nagel, thanks so much for joining me here on the Radical Songbook. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. Thank you.